Welcome to Asia-Pacific Defense Reporter, your go-to source for cutting-edge security insights in the region. Get ready for rapid-fire analysis and commentary from the Asia-Pacific with your host, Kim Bergman. Hello and welcome back. Happy New Year, and I hope everyone had a good Christmas. Well, they certainly didn't have a good Christmas in Ukraine because the entire period has been characterised not only with intense fighting on the front lines, but also saturation missile attacks on population centres. I mention that because that is a lead-in to one of the most extraordinary, disappointing and frustrating defence stories that I've reported on ever. I was able to get this out just after the final podcast for 2023, and it concerns the dismantling and burial of 45 perfectly good Taipan helicopters that on the open market are probably worth around $900 million. Defence Minister Richard Miles needs to pick up the phone to the Chief of the Army today and say, stop this insanity, we are having a rethink. And if he is too scared to push back against people in uniform, then he needs to move to a different job. Ukraine formally requested these helicopters in mid-December, and my understanding is that so far has not received a reply from the government. I wonder why. But as we go through this very sordid story, people will start to figure that out for themselves. These 45 helicopters could make an extremely important contribution to Ukraine's fight back against the Russians. And so I don't understand why the government did not instantly agree to the request. For those listeners who are not familiar with Taipan helicopters, even though I have gone on about them in several previous podcasts, they are amongst the most modern twin-engine military helicopters in the world, designed, each one is designed to carry up to 20 fully armed troops into combat. They have electronic warfare self-protection. They are robust. They are rugged. The Ukrainians would be able to make a huge amount of use of them. Scrapping them and covering the remains with dirt makes no sense whatsoever. At least I'm pleased to reflect that despite the Christmas break, the story has gained some national attention. With some media outlets that latched onto this, and there was a lot of interest online. In fact, I think, from memory, this story has gained more attention online than anything else that I've ever written. Hopefully, there will now be some follow-up from other sections of the media, and that will generate some pressure on the government to stop this appalling program of needless destruction of an asset that the Ukrainians could put to good use. I do have the impression that the government is running scared on this because, well, part of it is they haven't given a reply to Ukraine. I think they're hoping that everyone just forgets about this and goes away. And they also seem to be ducking questions on journalists. I've been promised information from the Department of Defence, which hasn't come through. The officer, Richard Miles, doesn't respond to anything. So I really think that what they're hoping to do is to go ahead with this disgusting act of burying what remains of the helicopters. And then, if they do come under pressure in two or three months' time when Parliament resumes and everyone is back from holidays, they'll be able to say, oh, we're so sorry. Oh, if only we'd known earlier. It's too late. They've now been disassembled and they're buried. And even though we would love to help you, there's nothing that we can do. Anyway, obviously... 
that little plan has now fallen apart to the extent that I've been able to highlight what's going on. But the question for the government and army and all Australians is why have they embarked on such a ridiculous course of action in the first place? I'll have a lot more to say about this issue. For the moment, I think some people who know the truth about Taipan are literally and figuratively burying them in the hope that their mismanagement of the fleet never catches up with them. In this country, it's the government that should be telling the military what to do, not the other way around. And Richard Miles, in particular, seems all too happy to dance to the department's tune. I really wonder what the view would be in Washington and London if they became aware of what's going on. While those two governments are bending over backwards to get as much equipment to Ukraine as they possibly can, I wonder what they'd think if they found out that Australia was doing this to an extremely useful military asset. This is the moral equivalent of the foreign policy moral equivalent of a person with a large leftover pizza walking past a starving family and instead of giving it to them, throwing it into the garbage in front of them. It's all very well for Prime Minister Albanese being concerned about David Warner's missing cricket cap before the final test with Pakistan. I mean, that's very Australian. We all like those sorts of gestures. We like our politicians to show that they're human. But how about on an issue as important as this, showing some leadership, helping Ukraine out, giving them a Christmas present, showing some concern for what's happening in that country and giving them something that our army bizarrely does not want. That's the basic point. Our army is happy to throw them literally onto the scrap heap. It just happens in this case that the scrap heap is going to be under, you know, five metres of dirt or whatever. In these circumstances, since it's something being discarded by our army, surely we can find a way to get them to Ukraine. The, the, The issues of transporting them there would seem to be absolutely negligible. The helicopters, contrary to some very bad press, can be supported. It would be particularly easy to do that in Europe because they're close to where the helicopters are manufactured and the Ukrainians themselves are very technically skilled. And by the way, they're at war. They are motivated to take advantage of all equipment that is donated to them and they do not request stuff that they cannot make use of. Let's have a quick refresh on the background. And again, some of this will be familiar to regular listeners, but with each of these podcasts, I'm hoping to give you either a little bit of new information or a slightly new perspective. And again, with the promise on this matter of helicopters, there's a lot more to come. After the fatal crash on July 28th, a talisman sabre of a Taipan that killed the crew of four, the entire fleet was grounded pending the outcome of an investigation. An immediate grounding, that's fine. We've seen it happen just at the moment with a 737 MAX 900 when part of the fuselage blew out and the fleet in the United States has been grounded until they can find out what's going on. So fully understandable that the Australian Taipan fleet didn't fly in the immediate aftermath of the crash. However, 
was already quite apparent early in the piece, and by early, I mean just a few days, that the crash was not related to the helicopter itself. It was not a mechanical failure of the helicopter. It was not a structural failure. I know it, the government knows it, and defence knows it. So to keep the fleet grounded is and was completely unjustified. Flying could and should have resumed in August or September. Completing the full investigation, that's going to take until, you know, the estimates are midway through this year, maybe even later this year. That's fine because the investigation is looking at a number of complex factors. They have to be thorough. But what has already been concluded is the helicopter itself was okay. This story of mismanagement and incompetence is just so appalling that it's now starting to resonate with a lot of people not normally interested in defence. And I've been getting a lot of correspondence, emails, stuff on the web, expressing disbelief that something this stupid is actually taking place. No one that I have spoken with can come up with any reason why the helicopters should not be transferred to Ukraine. The government is very, very lucky that the opposition is utterly spineless on this matter. I've contacted Andrew Hastie's office three times and haven't even received the courtesy of a reply. It might be that Mr. Hastie, who I've met, he's a very nice guy, highly intelligent, experienced soldier, but he is showing loyalty to his former organisation, the Army, by not commenting. Too often, I have seen other examples of this sort of misguided loyalty, which frankly is not in the national interest. I'm not going to name name names yet, but there are plenty of people in the defence system who know the truth. And I'm putting people on notice that on this matter, the truth is going to come out and their deceptive conduct will be exposed. I'm sorry if that sounds a bit melodramatic, but this is serious stuff and I can assure people that it's not just me, but there are some others as well who are starting to investigate this with a view to getting to the bottom of just exactly what is going on. Now, even if we were to take Ukraine completely out of the equation, surely Defence and Australia, we would be better off with these helicopters now that Army has decided that they don't want to fly them, even though they could, put them in a big warehouse somewhere. It doesn't cost very much to store them, and it might turn out that they're useful, maybe for disaster relief operations or something like that. In fact, it's my information that up until early 2023, it was actually the intention of Army to do something like that. So, again, I'll just put it out there. This is an area that I'm investigating a little bit further to form a more complete picture. So if anybody has information on what happened inside Army between early 2023 and September 2023 that led to the cancellation of this warehousing idea and instead pulling them apart and burying them, I will be very grateful for that information. Defence has said to other media outlets, because I keep an eye obviously on all of the newspapers, that no one else is interested in buying them and that the manufacturer Airbus didn't want them back. 
No evidence of this has been supplied, but it has been repeated in good faith elsewhere in the media. Given the track record of defence to date, I simply don't believe them. They have done their usual trick of contractually muzzling Airbus. Airbus are simply unable to present their side of the story. So I make this direct appeal to Defence and to Defence Minister Richard Miles. Allow Airbus to speak with the media and share their side of the story. But I'm not holding my breath for that to happen. Part of this picture is earlier in the year, there was a ditching in Nara on March 23rd of a Taipan. I've spoken about this in the past, and that has contributed to this climate of, I don't want to say ridicule of Taipans, but but, but this, this argument that, that defence and army seem to be propagating that they're somehow unfit for purpose. I'm going to enlighten people as to how deceptive army are being about this episode because they are seeking to shift the blame, and I'll be slightly cryptic and just simply say I am 100% certain of this, they are trying to blame it all on a turbine blade failure on a single engine, which indeed did happen during the mission on March 23rd, and that was a version of reality that has been seen in a couple of media outlets, including, I think, the ABC. A turbine blade failed but it was actually human incompetence that turned what should have been a recoverable situation into something far more serious and potentially fatal. Aircrew train extensively to handle contingencies such as an engine failure. When you've got a combat helicopter, that's just one of the things that you absolutely have to be prepared for. The helicopters are designed for it, the crews are trained for it. The question therefore becomes, why did a component failure in one engine cause the helicopter to ditch when there is enough reserve power on a single engine to get out of trouble? Part of the answer is that if the aircrew had followed proper process, the helicopter would have been fine. In fact, I can categorically state that the crew did not follow proper process, and that was the real reason for the ditching. For emphasis, yes, a turbine blade in one of two engines failed, but the real reason for the ditching was because of what we politely call human factors. Indeed, the Taipan helicopter performed just as it was designed for for such an emergency, I'll go through the technical details in a future podcast. And I will say this, that if another less capable helicopter, such as a Black Hawk, was involved in the incident, it would almost certainly have led to a loss of life. As I've indicated, I've got a lot more information about this. And and if those people in defence think that their cover-up is going to work, they are very much mistaken. By the way, under the former government, I would now be in the crosshairs of a police investigation for saying as much as I have. However, Attorney General Mark Dreyfus has great respect for the law, and what I am revealing does not compromise national security. It exposes a defence cover-up of their own internal failings. So, Attorney General, please keep that in mind should my file end up on your desk. This is not about national security. This is about a defence screw-up. And I'm sorry to say, 
one that is being aided and abetted by your colleagues. Clearly, nothing is going to happen if it's up to the government and the opposition. They're sitting on their hands, as I've explained. So if, if anybody listening into this podcast wants to help Ukraine, pass this on. Send a link. Draw people's attention to it. As mentioned, this has already generated a ripple out there. You know, a lot of people expressing concern that the basic reaction is, oh, Kim, this can't be right. You must be making it up. You must have it wrong. But by the way, it has now been confirmed by Richard Niles himself. He used some form of words, oh, well, yes, we're fine. We're looking at ways of of uh, getting maximum value from the helicopters and the parts will be disposed of responsibly. So it has been confirmed. It is happening. It is not a figment of my imagination. So if anyone out there is sufficiently motivated, as I am, try and do something about it. Governments eventually respond to pressure, and this has all the makings of a decision that is just indescribably bad. It is, in fact, indefensible. And I'm just going to mention in passing another episode, which I can go into a lot more detail later, even though it's been very well reported, the sorry story of our super sea sprite fleet, which was retired in 2008 because the project had been very badly run. We had 11 helicopters, about $1.5 billion had been spent on them. Australia took the decision to get rid of them. New Zealand acquired them, took out the Australian specific modifications, and they have been flying them happily ever since. That's all I've got time for today. I will preview, though, that in the next podcast, not only will there almost certainly be more developments on the Taipan story because information is coming into me, I'm also hoping to detail another extraordinary story of defence and Navy mismanagement where they have deliberately sabotaged the design of Australia's two large Canberra-class landing helicopter docks to make it impossible for a government to decide that F-35B aircraft should be operated from them to turn them into miniature aircraft carriers just like the United States does. So keep that in mind. It continues to surprise even me. All right. Well, that's got 2024 off to a somewhat emotional start. I can only repeat my comments when I started this segment. I have never before come across a set of circumstances this extraordinary and where there is a manifest cover-up going on about what is really happening. Thank you for listening and see you next time. That's today's Asia-Pacific Defence Reporter. For more in-depth articles, expert opinions and exclusive interviews, visit asiapacificdefensereporter.com. Stay informed, stay ahead. This is your source for all things defence. Until next time.